Hello, and welcome back to Kessler and Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can find us on our social medias. Our link will be in the description. This week is part two of our discussion about the High Republic phase two being adult books and the comics. So I am just going to let us jump right back into it. Should we talk about the mother? Yes, I was going to say just before we start, we talk about the mother. We can also kind of talk about her when we talk about the mother. But does anyone have any like final thoughts on Olivia? I think we've pretty much. Or do you guys have any further thoughts? Um. I like her. It's a little unhinged, girly, but I yeah. support. She's a little stressed. I mean, she is like constantly struggling every time that we see her. We never see yeah. her having a good day. We never even yeah. see her having a normal day. They described um, like how she's like, she didn't want to be on Jenna and then she got injured. And then like, I was like, she, I was like, Also, Christ. when she got injured, six and skin reference. <laughs> the lantification of Olivia Zeveron is real. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that they don't really have Bacta yet. Like I forgot in higher for like no. yeah, me too. And that's like yeah. a thing that was like happening. Like they were finally getting it. So like when people are injured, they like do like med packs and stuff. Mm-hmm. It is. I people getting injured feels like such a major part of the High Republic, <laughs> and especially in Phase Two. Yeah, you keep seeing characters being like, yeah, like you know they're slowly recovering um yeah Vildar mm-hmm. had to get magic force healed um, <laughs> yeah plant tops they put a bunch of plants on him Vildar <laughs> had to get magic top magic top surgery um <laughs> the mother is like slowly falling apart Olivia let me tell is, you like, barely sewn together yeah like uh, our, what was like uh I forget if it was like Axel or Gela who was like super injured Ax- like Axel was Axel, super like, yeah. like oh god like shrapnel threw himself in then just like yeah. had to like yeah. go on <laughs> yeah um it was rough yeah. out there for Axel um uh, Fontu I mean not, not getting into the adult now but like Fontu in oh, seriously yeah. injured um has to slowly recover uh I like I think that they did very well the like we're not just going to kill characters willy-nilly because like that would just be unsatisfying storytelling but what we're going to do is we're going to have characters be not at their best at any time everyone's going to be slowly recovering from something and it's going to have them off their game Mm -hmm. because even like and it was like even interesting for like how often do we see like hands get caught off in Star Wars? Like it was so <laughs> interesting to see like even that brief moment of like Yana having to like readjust and mm-hmm. be like, oh, like because you think of it so easily. Like, every time we see a hand get chopped off in Star Wars, somebody immediately they just get another one. But like seeing her like <laughs> right. have to adjust and then actually think about like I have to get one, like, and that's gonna cost money. <laughs> and like yeah. so it might take a while. And it's gonna cost money and it's gonna take time and I have to care for my ailing mother and (laughs) and also now my pregnant friend and now my pregnant (laughs) my pregnant friend and my (laughs) soon to be (laughs) um the mother we'll get to the pregnant friend the mother the mother, I feel like I have never been so 
like back and forth on whether or not I'm attracted to a character. <laughs> Because, like, That's when she was first brutal. introduced, like, the concept art and everything, I was like, oh, I like, am in love with you. On the Path of Deceit cover. And then, <laughs> end of Path of Deceit, when she killed, like, was in charge, like, basically responsible for killing Kevbo, I was like, never mind. I hate you. <laughs> and then, Battle of Jedi, I was like, never mind. I'm back on board. <laughs> You're hot again. And then, um, Path of Vengeance. Uh, actually, both Cataclysm and Path of Vengeance. I feel like I was, like, very iffy on whether or not I liked her. And then, like, she did some things in Path of Vengeance that I did find very hot in Slay. Um, but, <laughs> uh, at the end of Path of Vengeance, when she got what was coming to her, I couldn't be mad, because it was, like, so poetic. Like, I had it was been so delicious. going into Path of Vengeance, I was, like... The mother's gonna die in this, I know, and I'm gonna be so sad, and nobody else is gonna understand because she's awful and horrible, and I'm gonna be the only one that's sad. But when she died in Path of Vengeance, I was like, that was a good death, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I can't even be mad. I'm glad that that gilf died. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it when characters who manipulate things and do things to their own end get killed by the things that they manipulated. Yeah. And right. it's, yeah. it's so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 coded. It's so, it's so critic. So, it's so true. Very true. Yeah, it's so, she's so Orson critic. Like, came in, <laughs> tried to take over. Everyone fucking hated her. Does and that then mean, she dies. Does that mean that Marta is Tarkin? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that technically makes the honest shit or so. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Oh my is is Shay Ganondra Cassian Andor? <laughs> I was gonna say either that or core is Cassian. <laughs> oh my god. Shay Ganondra is Cassian Andor because um she so and Yana are co-workers. So true. <laughs> absolutely i i will say when olivia was like because i had seen because i like i don't read the comics so i didn't really know her character but i'd seen the theories that they were obviously related yeah. and i was like okay and i was going into it like oh i think they're gonna probably be and i think mac maybe you were talking about them being cousins and i was like that makes so much sense because like yana and Marta are cousins so it's like some sort of like parallel and then I thought it was like I thought my sister the mother I was, like, was her mother I was yeah. like, oh my I, god I thought, dropped. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be mother daughter relationship yeah me too um, I thought Olivia was a lot older than she was when I I can't remember what it was but when it she said she was like 20 ish I was like mm. it, that, it didn't really line up with the age I had for her in my head I was thinking she was like 25 30 I was not expecting like early 20s or something like that yeah like I think the Does way she she's drawn in that one like short story at the end of higher public one mm -hmm. definitely makes her out to be like late teens early 20s so I think that's kind of where the disconnect happened yeah but when they said sisters literally gasp let out of my mouth I was like yeah, yeah. Like, I had um, seen that they had the same last name, but I had no idea they yeah. were going to be sisters. And I mean, you know it, how I feel about secret Star Wars sisters. So <laughs> I remember reading it. And of course, I was reading out loud. And I remember like having to like take a moment to like just stop and be like, oh my God, they're sisters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Because like 
I mean, there is the moment of like, but the mother is so much older. And then you remember that she's been slowly uh, aging and falling apart because Mm -hmm. of the influence of the leveler. Exactly. Uh, Which like, was she just, because we never get mothers, the mother's POV in Mm -hmm. this. Was she just like constantly re-experiencing like her worst experiences, her worst fears of like, Olivia getting Olivia being given over to the Jedi and her being left behind was she constantly re-experiencing that trauma maybe so and maybe that's one of the reasons why she's so anti-Jedi like I'm also why she's so like just so like bitchy (laughs) she she does honestly get so much bitchier like yeah like like, that's like that's like the only proper way to describe her she's just yeah bitchy. yeah she's just yeah. a bitch <laughs> like and, and like path of deceit she's like trying to like act nice and she's like this like supposedly kind caring person and like wins people over and stuff like that and then you get to like cataclysm and path of vengeance and she she's is like, like she so has like rude. multiple like like stop trying to make fetch happen yeah, yeah. and yeah. then yana has and then yana definitely has or sorry marta has her we should just stab caesar moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> For real. so true uh, for honestly but yeah basically face two is mean happen. girls <laughs> closed fist is never gonna happen happen i do find it so interesting though like the mother's backstory and okay so this was something that like all along I was like I need to know more about the mother and like her motivations like I wish we Mm -hmm. knew more about that um but I'm kind of glad that they left it until like literally the last like two chapters to like find out what her motivations were because I think like I think it's gonna make rereading everything so much better um yeah like knowing like why she acts like this and I find her backstory like so interesting like how it was that she and Olivia were both force sensitive but Olivia one of them was more yeah she was and they were like well your ability is like manipulating people and that's not that useful so we're just gonna leave you behind which like sorry Jedi Order but like I defend you for a lot of stuff but you kind of fucked up there um yeah that was weird. It was like a Yoda just, decision. Like, yeah, like I didn't See, know they just like left. Like I guess they, like I guess kind of like I guess yeah. we kind of do that because then they try to tell that they're not going to train Anakin, which is like, what the fuck are you right. going to do with him? And then Supposedly, you're just if you don't train a force sensitive person, like typically they're like force sensitive, he just fades or whatever. But I feel like if you see this person, that's like oh, their, like, special ability seems to be that they can get people to do whatever they want. Like, I feel like you would be like, that seems like a bad quality for a child to have. I don't know if we need to, like, maybe they're not strong enough for us to train them, but I think we need to put something else in place so they don't become, like, a dictator, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Right, because they do talk about, I can't remember in which of the phase two books, but they talk about like, oh yeah, we like found these other four sensitive children. They were too old for yeah. like proper Jedi training, but we like made sure that they would be 
safe and have yeah. a place in like the guardian or one of the other. Yeah, orders. I know like the guardians of the wills like take in force sensitives that are too old or just like not able to go through Jedi training. And they like, like obviously help them like with the like mental aspect of force sensitivity, like yeah, because like obviously that are controlling things is some sort of force sensitive. And yeah. he would have been a child at the time of the Jedi Order. So obviously, like something right. happened that like either nobody just dis- it was so like yeah. that nobody discovered it or the wills did and we're like, we'll just take him Which, in. With what the mother, with what Alicia's like ability is or whatever, maybe something was put into place. Like, maybe they did send her off somewhere and was like, mm-hmm. go here because you'll learn how to, like, better control this or whatever. Or, like, they told her parents, like, get oh God, her not in the program. And she just, like... I'm so sorry. I just realized that. <laughs> she just, like, talked her way out of it because that's what she can do. I don't know. So, yeah. We do know I, that... Yeah. Uh, I think it's so... I don't know. She's such a weird... She's, like, the perfect villain. Yeah. But... I also think it's funny reading Path of Deceit. I was like, that woman was running around the the last couple. She's talking to Axel. She's mm-hmm. having. She was busy. Like, I was like, damn, well, this woman is so, booked. She was she was <laughs> sitting in her in her little chambers there and was just having this like parade of people coming through. Yeah. True. Um, like I'm I'm kind of surprised while holding her emotional like, support egg you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> her emotional support bad vibes egg <laughs> her 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 terrible dog um <laughs> like yeah she's just such an interesting like she, she is very much a villain like there is no yeah. way that you can screw you can I, construe her character i do really like, like that even oh, though you get her backstory and like her backstory is very compelling and everything mm-hmm. like i like that it doesn't necessarily humanize her enough so that like you feel like oh no she was right or anything like that like it's no, very no, much no, like, like, like well like, you're oh, still so you were just very also messed terrible up. as a child yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like, sucks that happened to you doesn't excuse the murder. Sorry. Yeah. Cool, cool motive. <laughs> cool motive, I still like, murder. Exactly. And I do, I do like how, like, obviously, Marciana is, like, uh, directly related to Marta. But I think, like, mm-hmm. the similarities between him and the mother are very interesting. Yeah. Uh, including the ways, like, he's not Force-sensitive, but, like, the ways in which he can be, like, charismatic. Obviously, we see it especially with, like, women like he just like basically sleeps with people to get what he wants um in the same way that like the the mother doesn't exactly do that but like she definitely like flirts with sunshine to get what she wants um and like that kind of charismatic thing well also I I mean obviously Martian is more obviously fuck with me fuck around and find out but like (laughs) well uh it's interesting to see their similarities as well yeah. And something I find interesting about that is I don't know if Marta was just like able to pick up on some of the mother's abilities or stuff like that, but we see Marta is also able to kind of tap into that. Like with like her speech at the end of Path of Deceit, where everybody's like mm. rallying behind her and stuff like that. And the mother and the Herald are almost like 
this might be an issue um uh, and then like in her other speech that she gives in path of vengeance where like she they become like the path of the closed fist or whatever like marta also seems to have this ability to like influence people and i don't Mm -hmm. know if it's just like she's watched the mother enough to like see like how she does it and like Mm -hmm. because marta does not seem to be force sensitive at all Um, no so like I don't think that's it but I think maybe it's just like her picking up like things the mother says or things the mother does like I think that has influenced her in some way and I think she like must carry that down then through Martian Mm -hmm. yeah and like I mean it's also just funny like obviously like the gaze electric the ending on that was like clearly like okay so that's um Marcion, but like when she cut off Yana's hand, I was also like, wow, what a Marky moment. <laughs> no, yeah. so true. Yeah. Oh, what a Marky moment. Cutting off the appendages of gray skinned people. Um, <laughs> so true. And also, like, I was like, oh, interesting how, like, not that it was directly, but like, obviously, like, we have the Herald with like his sheer tendrils, and then obviously in. Uh, right or the rising storm we see Martian cutting off uh, Loden's mm-hmm. not that that was like a direct connection but like obviously <laughs> there's like something to be yeah. said about that yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah mother was a very good villain for phase two I agree um, yes yeah all right yeah oh go ahead oh I was like perfect villain and like it made sense why like perfect villain to then like also like set up the the row the row yeah. line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Leah, it's time for Shaganandra. I remember we were sitting, I forget, I think it was outside of was it outside of the higher public panel or the dark horse panel? Because I remember um you were like you were reading Path of Vengeance and I was like, there's this character that I'm obsessed with and I need to tell you the name. And I was like, yeah, sure, go ahead, tell me. And you you said Shaganandra. And to yeah. be honest, it sounded like, you know, the the sound that the adults make when they talk on Charlie <laughs> Brown? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay, slay. But then when I read Path of Vengeance, I got it, you know, I got it. I do distinctly remember that it was the Dark Horse panel. Um, okay. <laughs> Um, I so Shaganandra is a new character in Path of Vengeance uh, and there aren't a ton of like major new characters in Path of Vengeance mm-hmm. yeah um, for some reason I thought I was like I thought I was going crazy but I was like oh was she the lady from the, the first one but then because there was like the engineer too in the first in Path of Deceit no I, went to the I, I do know who you're talking time. about yeah um, and for some reason yeah. I thought maybe they were the same character and then I was like wait no are they <laughs> yeah. I believe you fully I just was like I got confused because I was like there was another engineer person <laughs> um the engineer in the first replaced. one was Cincy oh okay that's why um, yeah yes um but uh so Shay new character not a lot of major new characters in path of vengeance um because it is the last book um but i'm very glad that we got her uh because she is one of the replacements one of the replacements for 
uh, Cor and Trees and Cincy after they are all killed on Felge. Um, and the first thing that we see her doing is fighting Vildar and Tay in the desert. Um, but the second thing we see her doing is saving Yana's life. And I think she, she's a very interesting character from the beginning because like we know that she's on the side of the path, but like she doesn't have the like total devotion that the Herald has in that same fight. Um, and we see that kind of continue to develop like she is one of the ones who goes with Marta to Planet X to get more Nameless. Um, she's, uh, you know, she, she's helping set up the uh, shift so that they can get back off of Planet X. Um, and she, under the influence of Planet X, which kind of, either it makes people kind of able to feel the force or like maybe awakens like if you have even a minor amount of force sensitivity or something um she is able to um with the force mentally calculate an impossible hyperspace jump and engineer together a modification to a hyperdrive so that it can execute this jump um big we'll put a pin in that um <laughs> and um she executes that jump but before she executes that jump her boyfriend Geth in the other ship that was there does it wrong uh so when they do execute the jump she is warning him and you know you get all the classic signals of like this is a character who is pregnant um uh, like all of the classic ones, the, the mm -hmm. gently touching belly, touching belly. The, the yeah. Um, At first, I thought I was like, I was like, oh, she's pregnant, and then she was like, oh, she was gonna throw up. I was like, oh, is she just like sick with grief? Is that what we were supposed to do? Yeah. I was like, oh no, wait, she's um, actually pregnant. And then, um, you know, later we see her. She wants to leave. Uh, and the mother's like, oh, well, I'll give you, like, I'll give you the resources you need to leave if you set up our defenses uh, on Dalna. Um, kind of stringing her along in the same way that Yana was strung along, like, oh, well, just, just one more job, and then mm -hmm. you can get your payout. Um, and just like Yana in that that last job that one last job is like kind of a death sentence the jedi show up um and just like yana she's like nope i gotta bail um and uh i i just think that shay is such an interesting character because she's so similar to yana's story in so many ways um but what really gets you about her, about Shay, is when we get to the very end of the book and Yana is uh, leaving Dalna with Apari and she goes to the ship 
and someone's already on board the ship. It's Shay. Um, and that's when Shay like outright says that she's pregnant. Um, and uh, Yana offhandedly asks, oh, well, yeah, offhandedly asks like what baby's gonna be named. And Shay says, oh, well, the boy I'll name, I'll name it after like it, the father, Gaff. Uh, and if it's a girl, I'll name it after, well, myself and my mother, Mari, um, as, which is, of course, the same name as Mari Santeca, the woman who uses the force to calculate impossible hyperspace routes. Um, so that's something. Yeah. I'll I... let the Mari Santeca... <laughs> I was Man. about to say, so um, if you know me, you know my favorite character in phase one was Mari Santeca, which <laughs> is kind of an odd choice because she is just like a extremely elderly woman who like doesn't do very much. She like lives in a pod on the gaze electric and like does not have a lot of stuff going on in the narrative for her I guess but I instantly became obsessed with her so um in phase two one of the things I was kind of hoping to get and then like about halfway through phase two I kind of like gave up I was like we're probably not gonna see Mari Santeca at all I wish or did, get any though. like that was hints one of my um bucket list things too yeah I I like started thinking about the timeline and I was like I know Mari Santeca is extremely old she is however a human and like even with all this like technology that they have keeping her alive I don't think that she could live long enough for the amount of time that is between phase two and phase one um so I I had kind of like given up on seeing her but I very early on reading Path of Vengeance realized like I think this is going to be Mari Santeca's mom because uh like the moment like she like calculated that hyperspace jump I was like this is very much giving Mari Santeca vibes and then she like did that little like touch of her belly and I was like, that baby is Mari Santeca or like, <laughs> a relative of Mari Santeca. And I remember texting Leah because Leah had already like finished and I was like, I'm pretty sure Shay is Mari Santeca's uh, mom or grandmother. And uh, Leah was like, what makes you think that? <laughs> like try not to give anything away. And I was like, I just know. Um, and then sure enough, like it mentioned, and that was another moment where like, I had to like stop reading for a second <laughs> and like put the book down. Cause I was like, I was right. It is Mari. Um, so like my current theory, we, we talked about this a little before we started the call, but, um, my current theory is I still think there's a little bit too much time for that baby itself to be Mari Santeca. Uh, so I think it makes the most sense if the kid she has is a boy and she names him Geth. Um, and then Geth marries into the Santeca family and has a girl that then they name Mari after his mom and his mom's mom. Like it's like it's just a family name that gets passed down. But I think that makes sense to me because in the um Chiss books like all the book all the throne books about the chess um you see in the chess ascendancy uh for some reason the ability to navigate hyperspace with the force is more likely to happen within um girls 
So um, the majority of the like hyperspace navigators for Chiss are little girls. Um, so I think it would make sense if maybe it just like this hyperspace ability that Shay like was able to pick up on on Planet X skips a generation because it's a boy and then goes to the next girl in her line. Mm-hmm. So that's my theory currently. Uh, we'll see if we get any more information, I guess, about Mari Santeca and like where she came from. Um, I hope we do at some point. Uh, I really want to see like what happens to Yana and Shay and everybody. Um, so yeah. Phase 2.5. <laughs> yeah. You see, that's, I'm, I'm almost, I, I'm holding out hope that one of the like for light and life short stories will like mention it one of them is supposed to be about marta and i Mm -hmm. am still interested to see like how because they say that the like martian says that his ancestors stole mari currently Mm -hmm. though Mm -hmm. shay is just hanging out with yana like they're traveling together but it seems like Marta is going to be Martian's, like, actual ancestor. Yeah. So does something happen? Like, does Marta steal Shay's baby? Or, like, Shay, I, 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 I don't know. I'm just interested how that could all happen. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, too, if it could be also phase three, since uh, Vernestra has the path still. Mm-hmm. If, like, somehow accessing that will, like, access like Mari you have access to Mari Mari uh, Mari Santeca's backstory yeah (laughs) (laughs) unlocked this is kind of one of my I don't want to say problems with phase three but I wish it showed us a little more about the origins of everything because like we I understand how we got like the or the nigh hole where it kind of started and like, even when I, I picked up on, oh, there goes my lip balm. Uh, <laughs> I picked up on like the the use of the storm language. Like when um, Yana or Marta was saying something, they said like, oh, by the storm or whatever, storms, whatever. Blades. Yeah, Blades. stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like, of course, like the, the three lightning stripes and how the path of the open hand eventually came, like the lightning that the Nile used for the strikes. Um, but... <laughs> I wish we saw like a little more about how the Nile got started. Like I, I really, one of the things I was really hoping for this, at least this phase was that we would see Mari's backstory and how she got, you know, like yanked away from the Santecas. But overall, I still really like how the, um, how Path the Vengeance ended, especially. <sighs> uh, yeah. Uh, anything else that we want to talk about before we get into the comics? Sometimes family, sometimes family is a grieving lesbian, the chronically ill mother of her dead girlfriend, a grieving engineer, and a force-sensitive hyperspace girly baby. So (laughs) true. So true. I will say, Marta... We say this faster than a Yohar lesbian. That girl falls in love and then flips on the people she loves on a fucking dime. Dime, yeah. Uh, like, I get part of it was, like, uh, at least in this one, it was elevated by them being on Planet X. But 
I also want to point out that before she was very clearly attracted to him, they she kissed him in like on their journey there. Like she is moving fast. Well, yeah, the, and then they were like, oh, the let's... ghost of Kenmo haunts her. <laughs> and then when they were on Planet X, they're like, oh yeah, why don't we just like stay here and you know make a house together? Like that's U-Haul lesbianism at its finest. Yeah, you've known this. You've known this man for like what a day, a day and a half, and you've already <laughs> you're already wanting to move to a strange planet with him. Okay, yeah. Marta. I um, I couldn't help but make the joke. Uh, when they get on Planet X, it's like Planet X has sex pollen, like sex pollen <laughs> canon in Star Wars, because they yeah. really were like, like yes, they did like I like each other before and kiss and stuff. But like they got there, and he's like, she she would be like, he's the most beautiful thing I've ever laid eyes on. We need to like make babies now, <laughs> like. Chill out, Marta. Damn. Wait, I was like, I was like, damn, maybe this is like, I was like, maybe this is grandpa. Like, great grandpa. <laughs> that being yeah. like, said, oh my God. Marta, Marta's baseline, like mental state is I need to make babies now. So that is very true. Okay, valid. Valid. She she is also very much that way with Kevmo in Path She's of very much that way with Kevmo. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the way that like this girly she falls fast and hard and then she gets out fast and hard <laughs> yeah like I was showing before we started recording I was showing um I was showing the gang what Bokana's species were and we were all like she fell in love with that because like <laughs> his his mouth is too big if his horns would get in the way of them kissing if he's super know, short it's the spy from uh the guy who gets beheaded in the Rise yeah. of Skywalker That's his, his name species. is Bulio and he's played by Mark Hamill and I kept calling him Bulio throughout this. And I'm like, no, Bacana. Which also, is it, is it? Okay, so Ardenians, which is like the species that Rio is from Solo, they have a really like funny naming convention where in Solo, the Ardenian is Rio, but then in Target Vader, the Ardenian is named Chio, as in like the same like suffix. I don't, I, I don't know how mm-hmm. to say that. But is it like for his species specifically, is it like all names have to start with B? Because like that can't be a coincidence. Like Bulio and Bocana. I don't know. That's <laughs> something I, I thought mean, about. It totally Maybe. could be a coincidence. We um, literally have two examples of that species. We like, have two it, examples. It, yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess. We need a third example to draw a line on a graph. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> but you're so valid for calling him Bulio the entire time. Because I do that, I do that with basically every species in Star Wars. Um, like every Rodian in my head, Greedo. Every Trandoshan, that's Boss. It doesn't matter. They're they all the they had a, they had a Rodian in this one too. And yeah. I, was like, I also could not get over his name being Welp. I was like, yeah. Who named you? I just. I think I when I, it was shortened, I kept saying Bach like from Wicked (laughs) yeah I I kept doing that too because it's B-O-K I was like Bach (laughs) just like Wicked for real (laughs) (laughs) all right any final thoughts before we get into the comics I maintain about comics I maintain that the young adult uh, Star Wars books are superior 
and no, yeah, I it. like I definitely I, like the phase two YA books more than the adult books. I can't lie. Like I just I, I maintain that the YA books across Star Wars basically always slay. Uh, Rebel something. rising, we uh, will always fight for you. Yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah, Path of Vengeance is my favorite High Republic book now. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's just so good. I've um, never consumed a higher public book the way I read Path yeah, of I Vengeance. I think it's my, it's definitely my favorite of phase two, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the Thrawn books did not exist, I think it would be my favorite Star Wars book. <laughs> wow. I feel like I feel like we just have to take Thrawn books out of your uh, equation. Yeah, we, I feel like <laughs> it, it, it doesn't your count. It doesn't count. <laughs> so... It's like me talking about Rebel Rising. Like, yeah. <laughs> just assume that is always going to be number one. But besides that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, comics? Yeah, let's get into comics. We've already talked about Maddie a little bit. So let's start with Vildar and Tay. I- I'm going to let the Vildar expert take it oh from here. Because I-, I feel like they are, do not separate. You can't talk about one without talking no. about the other. No, they, I am so obsessed with them. I have been since, okay, the first comic I was like, yeah, so like THR number one, I was like, wow, this was better than I was expecting. Cause I, I don't know. Like I was not really expecting to love the High Republic comic run. Um, mm-hmm. I liked the phase one one uh, fine, but it like was never like my favorite thing. So I kind of had a feeling this was going to be the same way. And especially with yeah. like, like I said, the advertisement of it was like a little different because it seemed like it was just gonna be like uh, a strong burly man adopts teenage daughter and yeah does adventures and like which is like <laughs> a fine story. That's a very classic Star Wars story. I feel like it's never like been my favorite thing, um, which like that is definitely what you kind of get from the comics. But um, I think the introduction of Tay in particular like really elevated it so like the first comic I read I was like wow that was a lot better than I was expecting it to be it was very interesting uh you know like at the end of the comic you think Vildar's dead uh so like like I mean you think Vildar's dead you don't really think he's dead because he's also on every other comic yeah. uh like that would be a weird move to I say that'd be a weird move to kill him off at the beginning but I guess that's what happened to Kevmo um but anyway <laughs> uh so but then High Republic number two um, was like my cataclysm for my descent into madness. Um, <laughs> I, it was just so like, and it was funny because it, it wasn't just me. It was like, there were several of us on Star Wars Twitter that all of a sudden were like, wait, oh, is this like, <laughs> because the way Vildar and Tay act is very much like, enemies to lovers arc like there's so I said this before when it was first coming out Han and Valance coded yeah they're so like like their banter between them and like the way they act around each other like I I don't know like it makes me crazy and then (laughs) I thought kind of like maybe like I I did have the fear after High Republic 2 you know like I wrote a gazillion fanfics and then um (laughs) there was like a good length of time in between two and three uh 
And so I did have the fear. I was like, what if this has all been in my head and like they are now going to like part ways and like nothing is going to come of this. Um, And in three, they do part ways, but it's like very much a breakup almost. Yeah. They've known each other for like two hours at this point. (laughs) Uh, Tay, like the way he acts so like betrayed by Vildar, this man that he's known for two hours. (laughs) Uh, So hot and balance coded. Yeah, like leaves and is very upset about it, but then comes back to rescue Vildar because he's like, uh, somebody's like planting bombs in the temple and Vildar's in there. That's a little weird. Let me go in there and like try to save him. And yeah, sure enough, like saves Vildar from like the brunt of the blast of a bomb. Um, so like that then makes two times he saved him because I, I didn't mention that, but in number two, he does leap in front of a bullet for Vildar. So, uh, but yeah, so, and then it just kind of like continues throughout the rest of the comic. Like there's moments where like they are separated, but like they are thinking about each other. Like Vildar is coming to Tay's defense in court, basically. Like, <laughs> uh, and, and then Tay is like thinking like, nobody would ever defend me. And then like, you get like the parent, like Tay being like, no one would ever defend me. And then it like flips to Vildar defending him. And I'm like, this is a romance. Sorry, but it is, uh, as Kevin Scott said at Celebration, uh, romance, maybe a bit of romance. Um, and like, it has just- Gay people real. Uh, issue eight, I think it was, like, they again have moments where they're like saving each other more banter than like going off on a mission alone together. Um, and then issue nine, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Issue nine, they both, both of them go to the dark side for each other, basically. Like they, they tap into the dark side for each other because they're worried they're going to lose the other person like that. They're crazy. It's just so crazy. But then, okay. So let me try to separate them a little bit because they are interesting on their own, right? Sorry, I'm talking so much, but Vildar Vildar is like my little traumatized, grumpy old man. I love (laughs) him so much. He, you get an insight into like what he dealt with, like as a kid, like before he like came to the Jedi and basically like his people were wiped out by like a dark side user. Um, and so he has been like grappling with that his whole like 50 years of life or however old it is that he is um (laughs) so yeah so like he has a lot of trauma to unpack and so like when he experiences the levelers because the levelers kind of tap into your worst fears it is bad for him like because he he is already having these moments where he has like these bad visions from his childhood and so the leveler just kind of like amplifies that for him um and then Tay is also really interesting Tay was a guardian of the wills um and he did not feel like the guardians were doing enough around Jeddah because the guardians at the time like really kind of kept to themselves um protected the temple of Kyber and that was it like they did not take a other role in Jeddah like at all and Tay was like I really think we need to be doing more and um sure enough he like does not do more and a bunch of children die as a result 
Um, so he kind of decides he's going to leave the Guardians. He's not going to be part of them anymore and um, goes to like do his own little vigilante shit, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so he uh, he's also a very interesting character. And then like their dynamic together is so, so interesting. So I love so true. them so much. I think about them constantly. <laughs> so true um and there's one issue left at the higher public and if they don't kiss in it i will be very disappointed but you know that's just the way things go i guess but i, I... wish they would <laughs> uh and then and then one thing i have to say is um if you think they're like banter and everything in the comics is crazy path of vengeance that I, shit was wild i like <laughs> slack jawed was like reading their part like first of all maddie says um i can't remember her exact phrasing but something like uh they have a bond that will last a lifetime like they they will be together forever basically yeah which, like that's some gay shit right there um <laughs> and then uh and then, like, the way they talk to each other, like, they, like, tease each other. And, like, Olivia and Maddie have to be like, are y'all done? Like, can we move on with the conversation? And y'all can do this alone later. <laughs> like, and then I also find it funny that Path of Vengeance is basically, like, they are on honeymoon and they sent their daughter away. <laughs> yeah. But then also, they're so, like, parents to Maddie, like, at the end of Path of Vengeance, like when they show up and it says something like, um, they showed up to, uh, like Vildar and Tepe showed up too late for the battle, but just in time to hug Maddie. Well, she saw. That's, that's parentism. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have the quote here. Oh, please. (laughs) Uh, Maddie threw her arms around Vildar Mac and Tayseric and sobbed all the more. They'd come as soon as they heard what had happened on Dalna. Too late to help with the battle, but just in time to hold her tight. Like, that's literally parents. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, other stuff, too. Like, so, like, Vildar acts pretty parent, uh, like, fatherly to Maddie anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. But then Tay, like, I really liked in Path of Vengeance, like, his whole, like, scenes with Maddie, where, especially the one, like, right before he was about to, like, send her off. And, like, she's the one that, like, tells him about, like, her crush on Olivia and everything like that. Like, I loved that. And then him just, like, encouraging her, like, you are so strong. And, like, Vildar and I would be nowhere without you. And, like, you already know so much you just like need more confidence to like like you can do this like I I really appreciated that conversation Tay is such like an interesting character because like I I feel like he was not what I initially expected him to be but he is so like thoughtful and he is trying to like be a good person and all this like I don't know both him and Vildar so special to me so true. Anyway, I talked a lot. Does anybody else have any thoughts on <laughs> Tay or Vildar? Han Valance for real. Mm-hmm. They're just mm-hmm. so Han Valance. But my one concern, I brought this up in our Discord the other day. The one concern I have is that there's way too much that they need to fit within the last issue of the High Republic. 
that I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Like they, from all the stuff that was like, um, that, that was in the exposition of Path of Vengeance where it's like, it's weird because it's like the exposition of Path of Vengeance, but obviously like the finale of the High Republic series. There's a lot of stuff that gets mentioned in that little bit that I mm-hmm. don't know how they're going to be able to do it within like 20, 24 pages or something. I think they might do it how they did like the first issue where it where they had like the story and then like another seven page story afterwards with Olivia, except this time it'll be like an epilogue that'll show everything. I don't know, but mm-hmm. that's just one of my fears about um, yeah the series overall, because I think this series... I think recently Star Wars has had a problem of stretching out very small amounts of time into mm-hmm. months and months and months of content. Like we saw it with War of the Bounty Hunters. Like they spread that four hour auction into seven months of content. And then here <laughs> they they spread like a day worth of content into like a 10 issue maxi series that that spilled over into a YA book. I I think I'll feel differently when I'm able to like sit down and read everything like one way through, which I feel like um, a lot of people agree is how War of the Bounty Hunters should be read. Like not just the, um... okay, Leah says that issue 10 is 28 pages. So 28, it needs to be like 40. 30, yeah. Like <laughs> actually it's- at the end of issue 10, they're just gonna announce an ongoing about honestly (laughs) (laughs) that's what I need (laughs) so true but yeah that whole like stretching out thing I know I'm gonna feel differently once I can like sit down and read all 10 issues because I think now they only have up to issue like three or four on Marvel Unlimited so they haven't even got to the gotten to the point where the Herald decides to throw his hat into the ring Um, yeah. Okay. So it is up to issue four, but that's still like six issues behind where we are right now. But yeah, I mean, overall, I enjoyed my time in the high Republic 2022 to 2023. I hope that the next issue wraps things up in a way that isn't super final because we know what happens in Path of Vengeance. But yeah, I, I really like, um, getting so much like Jetta content, like, Jetta was a planet yeah. I felt like neutral about before this comic run, and now it is my second or third favorite planet. I would say, yeah, <laughs> like I love Jetta, um, and uh, Orson Krennic needs to fight me, um, <laughs> for what he did um, to the yeah. Vilte planet. <laughs> yeah, to the Vilte planet. How dare? Um, but yeah, like. I really like Jetta. I like getting the like cast of characters that we've gotten in the comic. Like I love like Kraden and like the Enlightenment and like all the little background thing. Uh, I like the Convocation of the Force is such an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like getting to see like the different Force religions that mm-hmm. aren't just Jedi. Like I think that's yeah. a very interesting aspect of Star Wars that isn't explored enough. Like other ways that people see the force and other like religions that like deal with the force um Mm -hmm. because i feel like there's a lot of focus on jedi and like not 
as much on other stuff. So I'm always interested when I get to see that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I kind of wonder how many of them fell apart, like after Order 66, because like, obviously yeah. the wills stayed at least pretty strong. Like, obviously their temple was raided and like, they weren't as like organized as before, but I'm kind of curious, like how many fell apart because of order 66 i'm yeah. curious how many fell apart because of the battle of jedi that's what yeah that's too because so many of them are like based on centered on jedi that like i can totally see there being like maybe even just some of the minor ones but like uh because we know that after phase two we like don't see as much of all of these groups um and uh, Ada and Creighton kind of have a conversation about like, well, you know, we want the Jedi to be like this kind of omnipresent thing. We want to have like temples all across the galaxy. And um, they basically want the Jedi to be what we see in phase one, um, but they aren't yet. And it's like, how much of the Jedi rising to this golden age that we see in phase one is on the backs of all of these other force religions collapsing on themselves after the Battle of Jeddah. So true. Yeah, and obviously their presence stays pretty strong because Bay says there are no Jedi here anymore, which implies that within his lifetime, the Jedi had some presence on Jeddah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope we see more of that in phase three. Maybe they'll go to Jeddah. I don't know why. Maybe they'll seek help from other uh, force sects just because I, uh, you know. Ozar was going to go to Jeddah. One of the, yeah. Stella, I don't like Senator himself. That didn't work. One but. of the theories that we've had about um, Tayseric's in particular is oh is uh, he the bandaged in, guy right <laughs> yeah well in legends sethi which is what taste species is live like 250 300 years something like that so long time so technically if that is still true tay could live long enough to show up in phase three um when is and the, the, the theory is he's the guy with yoda the bandaged man yeah that's <laughs> it. well because because tay has bandages already so it could be him. <laughs> I think I don't. Uh, I fear what? for what would happen if that was the case. Yeah, I was like, I was like, obviously, a lot of trauma has happened if Tay Sarah can be quiet for. <laughs> yeah, most very, of the time. Very true. Very true. Um, but yeah. But so I, I still I like hope it, that though. like he would show up. However, the only thing is, if he shows up. I don't know that Kifar are a long-lived species, so that does mean his boyfriend, Vildar Mac, has died. <laughs> I think they live a bit longer, because Quinlan Voss is a Kifar as well. Yeah. I think they live to like 150-200, if I remember from Legends. Humans really get the short end of the stick. They huh? really do, and it's sad. <laughs> are there any species that live shorter than humans? I don't know. Um, yeah, I was like, I guess the best we can do is live about as long as humans. Yeah. But... Yeah. Because <laughs> even, like, I think the assumption was, I forget, but for Nestra species, there was an assumption that they were, like, the same as humans, but 
yeah. now with her living into the acolyte that obviously yeah I she's think only three. about 40 i think twi'leks maybe i think they're like 100 to 150 they're a bit longer god than humans. oh god damn it <laughs> yeah. you know okay for purely selfish reasons i hope that mikians live the same length as humans because yeah yeah there's already a pretty high possibility that zine's gonna outlive Lula, and i don't want to that possibility my god <sighs> charge charger fans only live 40 years oh okay live- how old trandoshans live 60-ish years how oh, damn old boss Bosk is old. Good question. Now that How I'm thinking is- about it. Yeah, Bosk is old. Yeah. He's like, what, 50, 60 by the time of, because if, okay, if he's Bosk like is 20, on his deathbed. <laughs> if he's 20 during the Clone Wars, and remember, he's like Boba's mentor slash dad at this point. Then the That's oldest it, we see him would be at uncle. like 50. Yeah, it, he's like 50 or 60 years. I mean, I understand why he's so pissed off and fed up with everybody Retire. at the point that he is. A- <laughs> Retire. <laughs> Nobody's making you do yeah, this. He would be like, he'd be like, 50, he'd be like 50, late 50s in Halcyon Legacy then. Yeah, there's, there's some species called Devlicks uh, that live 10 years. That's oh, damn. Fun awful <laughs> yeah rip i guess as like not species but i guess if you live on that one planet from padawan and mess with stuff you die in like your 30s <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's not a species thing that's a different thing but <laughs> all right does anybody have any final thoughts on the higher public marvel run slay let's get into some more gay people with the high republic adventures <laughs> all right who wants to take it away um high republic adventures um we unfortunately only have four issues to talk about with this um due to cascading delays uh oh my god dark horse dark horse, um, horse buffoonery they have now decided that they are going to release the last three issues all at the same time. Um, Honestly, um, it just uh, that makes me sad is- because it just sounds like they're doing it to get it, to get it out of the way. Um, I, I I wish we got more of an explanation of why because then it would be easier to yeah sympathize. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But let's talk about let's talk about the issues that we do have. Uh, so of course the centers on South Malagan, um, Savita Malaganita, <laughs> love her. Uh, she, do I even say she? Uh, oh, Malagan. <laughs> she they sounds. We've had Sav's he him era also in here. So true. Um, South Malagan. Jedi Padawan on Takadana. Um, Master, uh, Master Kakor, uh, her toe shaped master. Meet me in the pit. Um, <laughs> meet me in the pit. She doesn't want to be a Jedi. She goes, joins with Maz's pirates. 
including Dexter Jetster and Thurm Scissor Punch and um and Alec and just so many phenomenal characters. Um and she gets pulled into this uh turf war between the between Maz's pirates and the Dank Grax, so a group of outcasts from other force religions. Um, that in and of itself was a fucking awesome concept. Phenomenal concept. And throughout the comic, we see like uh, they'll show off their big force moves, and it's like <laughs> all th- all of them have to work together to lift up a couple bond bracks, or like. Uh, <laughs> They're it they're very goofy. The the dance so is goofy. very goofy. Yeah. Um, and I mean thus far in the comic, we've really just gotten a lot of Sav having these lovely interactions with all the people around her. Um we've had um uh, Sav and Dexter Jetster. Um who I mean Dexter Jetster he's always adopting stray Padawan and uh we just love that for him so true um we've uh got her relationship with Maz Kanata which we also see in phase one's High Republic Adventures comic um where they just they understand each other uh Maz supports Sav in kind of uh, avoiding and disobeying her master um, because she sees the relationship between Sav and her master and is like, mm, that's kind of garbage. Um, <laughs> don't like that. So valid. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we get a little bit of Sav's relationship with um, a new character called Ron Fizzle, who is a fish man who has a tiny cop living in his backpack I swear (laughs) to god it makes more sense when you read the comics um we see some of her relationship with Alec who is a um former Scarlet Skull um sick Midnight Horizon reference um who uh basically destroyed the entire order of the Scarlet Skulls to save one girl, that girl being Quiet Sean, who we don't know too much about yet, um, mostly because she doesn't talk. Um, and in the most recent issue, we got her relationship with the Dankgrass, who, one, think that she's a boy, and she never denies that. Um, even when Sayakim, one of the uh, one of the dank rats is like, you're not even a boy. Sav doesn't say, you're right, I'm not. Sav says, well, I never said I was. <laughs> um, I, I see what you are. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and we got Sav's relationship with Sayakim. Um, Saya, I'm squinting my eyes Saya, sapphically. I hate all boys anyway. <laughs> um yeah but it's it's just very fun it's very cute we haven't even gotten to the main like event of the comic run yet 
uh, which is the Battle of Jeddah, as we know, or which they just arrived on Jeddah. Um, I'm excited for what the, you know, remaining four issues have, but it's frustrating how much this story has been delayed. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it. I love every issue that we get. I love the character work. I love the kind of little bit of exploration that we're getting of the underworld in this time and of the dark side in this time. Um, you know, it's very interesting to see that uh, the mother is allying herself with these other force using groups um, because she actually doesn't hate the use of the force. She just hates the Jedi. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited for what is coming, but um, yeah. If there's yeah. anything in particular that people want to talk about, that would be great. But like, it's just a lot of great character work, a lot of good, um, a lot of good queer moments, like not just in that there are characters who are attracted to, who are either attracted to the same gender in the case of um, Alec and uh, Inspector Raff, uh, or um, who, experience attraction in different ways like Dexter Jetster who describes himself in a very demi-romantic way or um Sayakim who may be a lesbian um, <laughs> we shall see um but also just like the story is very reminiscent of um queer communities and uh, you know a, a lot of things apply um, you could take it to talk about queer eldership especially with regards to Dex and Maz and um, how they provide these role models for Sav um, as opposed to the very individualistic uh, like rat race that the rat race gatekeeping that the dank racks have uh, it's just it's a lot of very interesting analysis that can happen with it um, I just wish we had more to analyze right now yeah I will say that the exploration of Maz Kanata in the High Republic era has been so rewarding and like cool to see because she's there for like, she's a pretty big part of The Force Awakens and a big part of um, Rey as well as Finn's journey. She's there for like 0.2 seconds in both Last Jedi and uh, Rise of Skywalker. She's a little bit more like involved in the story and like Resistance Reborn and things like that. Um, I don't remember if she's in the Poe comics, but I do know for a fact she's in Resistance Reborn. But when we see her at this point in her life, when I think she is force sensitive, right? Mm -hmm. She's like at least a little yeah. bit force sensitive. So it's interesting to see how in, at this point in her life, she she chooses to use that force sensitivity to like, just kind of have fun. She's, I don't know. I really like what they're, what Daniel in particular is doing with her. 
and how he first introduced, like reintroduced her into Star Wars in High Republic Adventures Volume 1, where they had this kind of like break from everything to go like take a little vacation on Takodana that of course does not end up being a vacation. But then we see like the backstory of Sav and Maz's relationship. I think that's really rewarding. And I like how their like dynamic is being built up to the point that we see it in volume one. As for everybody else, love a Dexter Jetster reference, uh, loving his uh, bushy mustache. Third <laughs> scissor punch fucking hilarious i'm obsessed with him i especially like the relationship between Sayakim and saab malagan like when they when when saya gives saab like a shared room with her first of all omega isms so do with that what you will second of all it's such like a nice display of young girlhood and young female companionship that could turn into something more honestly i wouldn't be mad if it went either way but yeah it's i i think higher public adventures is a really nice like breath of fresh air i think because a lot of this like higher public stuff is so intense like especially with like the adult books the YA books definitely get into that but with higher public adventures you're just kind of like it, it's an adventure it's in the name it's just a silly goofy time you know mm-hmm. i and I also think the, again, I, I mentioned this before, but the Dank Grax is a fucking awesome concept. Like all of these outcasts that have been, you know, either kicked out or left all of the major force groups. I think that's really interesting. And I think Sav's place in that is really like interesting to think about and how she's feeling about, you know, her emotions with her master right now and how she feels about the Jedi Order. Because at this point, the beginning of High Republic Adventures, volume two, Sav is ready to leave. Like she's ready to like, peace out on Jedi Order, but it's going to be interesting to see what makes her stay to the point where she stays on Taco Donna and is is like besties with Maz. Mm -hmm. Um, Does anybody else have anything to say about uh, the the mini, or yeah, the Maxi series? Slay, okay. And now we can move on to the Nameless Terror, which honestly, I'm going to be so real. I don't remember a single one of these characters' names because they've all come out so far apart from each other. Other than like Ty Yorick and the three characters that are in Path of Vengeance now, I don't remember a single thing. <laughs> uh, I do. Oh, yeah. continue. Um, I. So this is another one where it has fallen prey to the delays. Most definitely. Uh, uh, Although, there's only one issue for me. Uh, I, yeah, I would like to say, though, I kind of like that this one got delayed. Um, I <laughs> agree. Because I think it made it more sense to put this one out around the time that Path of Vengeance came out because these characters are also in Path of Vengeance. And I feel like that made it a little bit easier to connect to these characters like I feel like I have the context now that I've read Path of Vengeance yeah. to be like oh this is how these people got here yeah no that um, was exactly my thoughts yeah that is true but also the ending is spoiled by Quest for Planet X oh um I so I know how it ends uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and that's kind of I 
I love that all of the wave two books for phase two are like happening at the same time. It gives this very interesting storytelling where it's like you're getting the night of sorrows from multiple perspectives. You're getting, um, you know, you're getting the fallout of the battle of Jeddah from multiple perspectives, but also like the stories are going to spoil one another. Say la yeah. uh, I've been trying to help Claudia with like her list of like the like chronological order of the phase two content. And you've and got to go chapter by chapter. It's it's yeah. been so yeah. hard. I like like I, I think I actually said that to her. I was like, well, this should happen like in the middle of Path of Vengeance, but I know you can't really write that. Like you you can't right. say like, okay, now stop reading this book and pick up this comic and read that <laughs> right. and then go back to the book. And then stop doing that and read this like uh middle grade novel. Like, like it doesn't really work like that. So you read pages any, four to seven. Uh, right. <laughs> any way you do it, something is gonna wind up spoiling something. It just right. depends which thing you care about more, I guess. Yeah. And which order you I, should read it. <laughs> I do think that the order that spoils the books the least is mm-hmm. uh Planet X to Cataclysm to Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the order they came out, right? Uh, well, Planet X and Planet Vengeance X and Cataclysm came out at the same time. Okay, came out. Oh, and Cataclysm. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, but like basically, that's like kind of like yeah. At least. Um, but yeah. So uh, in this, um, Geth and the other people who got blasted away from Planet X after picking up more <laughs> leveler, more nameless eggs. Um, crash onto a planet along with some Jedi who crash onto that planet, uh, including uh, the master of Tyoric's master. Um, her grandmaster. <laughs> her grandmaster. Um, Corin. Um, so we know that he makes out. Um, and uh, it's a bunch of Jedi and a couple uh, path members and a couple other pathfinders um, stuck on a planet with one currently active nameless and a bunch more about to hatch. Um, It's kind of plays into that horror that we've talked about. Um, I think George Mann is doing a very good job of making the nameless appropriately scary. Agreed. Um, because even though we do see it now and we see it in all of its glory, um, it's still, I mean, it's not a fun creature to look at. It is a creepy, no. it is a creepy it is Cthulhu not. monster at the end of the day. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't talk more about it. I do know how it ends and I don't want to spoil it for everyone who hasn't read Planet X. Um, but we know that Corin makes it out, so he's Good got for pot him. armor. I um, yeah, I really like about uh the nameless terror the way that the storytelling is done, how it's like a story that Ty York is telling. Like mm-hmm. I, I like seeing Ty York again, and um, it's nice this like whole thing being like 
story she's telling. And also the, um, what do you call that? Uh, the inconsistencies, I guess, between the Nameless Terror and some of the other stuff. There has been one. I think this phase has been really good about not like running over the other books and being like, like you being like, wait, this doesn't make sense because this happens here or whatever. Uh, there is like one thing that does happen in Nameless Terror that I've seen so far that I've been like, okay, that doesn't quite make sense. And it's when um, I think it's I think it's actually Geth says uh, we're now the path of the closed fist. And yeah, because how would they know? That yeah. that does not really make sense because in Path of Vengeance that happens. Martyr comes yeah, up Path, of, in Vengeance- Path of the Closed Fist after the crash. Yeah, after they leave Planet X. So like, he wouldn't know that name. But it's kind of nice that this is the only one of the few where I've seen an inconsistency like that because I can mark it up to well, Ty York just didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, minus like because like the. Uh putting like Kevmo saver or like crystal yeah. in the arch that one oh, like quest of the yeah, Jedi said, like, fixed it um but yeah fixed it <laughs> while driving up the price of the first printing to like $70 <laughs> because of one tweet I think they should have just fixed it and not said anything and maybe I agree <laughs> yeah it would have been a hell of a lot easier to get I'll tell you that yeah I have been really liking Nameless Terror. I just know shit's gonna go down because next issue is the last issue because it's only a four issue miniseries. It is not looking good for those Jedi man. <laughs> yeah. I also one thing I like about the Nameless Terror, I really like the art style. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who does the art for Nameless Terror, but I Let's have check. really been enjoying that. It's very like clean, like and vibrant colors and yeah mm-hmm. i enjoy it uh nameless terror is eduardo mello hmm. yeah i think cool. i'm enjoying nameless terror again i really like the horror aspect i've talked about this in past episodes but i just it's it's just cool you know yeah i like when star wars plays with genre yeah yeah for sure and I feel like phase two has done a lot of like playing with different genres. And I really enjoy that. Cause like, we've got I like agree. horror aspects. We've got romance. Uh, no, definitely. Yeah, Convergence is a romance. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and then Path of Deceit is kind of a romance too. <laughs> yeah. Path of Deceit is a romance that ends in a horror novel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Any Final thoughts on, I almost said Quest of the Jedi, uh, Nameless Terror. All right, we've 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 touched on this a lot. Quest of the Jedi. I want to hear your thoughts on this. <laughs> mm, okay, so Quest of the Jedi, uh, for what the Quest of the Jedi got like super delayed. Um, like it was i think Insanely we decided it delayed. was supposed to be the first thing that no it was supposed to be the phase, very right? very first thing that came out in like and fall 2022 i i like that it was delayed a little bit because i think reading it before 
Path of Deceit would have like completely spoiled Path of Deceit because the first line is about how Zala and Kevmo died. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I think it's good that it was delayed a little bit. Um, it's maybe not seven months. Yeah, yeah, that's a little extreme. Um, and then my other thing about Quest of the Jedi is this sounds so bad, but I feel like I read it and was like, cool, what was the point of that? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I we agreed completely when we were talking about like, it for our May the fourth episode. Yeah, we were like, it's cool that it's there. Yeah, I don't really know why it was. Yeah, like it took to me. It took me a little while to even realize like what the point of it was, and it was the, like the stones wound up in the rods. That's yeah. where they came from. Like the whatever. whole point of it was to um, explain the rods of which, daybreak and the seasons. Yeah, which I mean, like, I guess that's good knowledge just to have. I kind of but... accepted that that was like an artifact. Yeah, I was just like, like yeah, really and they control the leveler. Uh, <laughs> And the stones in them are probably like some sort of like force power thing. Like, yeah. So I just feel like it was a very long comic that like, but it was only one issue. So it, it was, it was a lot of time that I took to read it, but I didn't get enough to get like attached to the characters or anything like that. So I didn't really care about what was going on. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And it was touted as being like, this is essential for phase two. Like you need to read Quest of the Jedi in order to read phase two. Uh, honestly, I could have done without it and been like, okay, I could have. I... It, it, it's kind of like a Battle of Jedi thing where like, it's good if you read it, but if you don't, that's okay too. It just gets I explained in a bunch it, of others. And I didn't ever go, oh God, I feel like I should have read Quest of the Jedi because that's confusing. Like, Yeah, I don't well, know. And whole... Obviously it couldn't have been that essential because they went seven months. Yeah. Like, none of us were able to read it for a long time. <laughs> I think just the whole, like, deal around its release and, like, the yeah. story, it, it, it was just a I clusterfuck at this point. If it had been released, like, okay, like I said, I wish it would have been released after Path of Deceit. But if it had been mm -hmm. released, like, two weeks after Path of Deceit or something like that, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But I think part of my issue was just, like, it got delayed so long. Like, I feel like I built up expectations for it or something like that. And then I read it and it was okay. Yeah. Like the, I think way I said this when we recorded our May the 4th episode, the funniest thing about the Quest of the Jedi debacle is that it was just okay. It's not like incredible or like groundbreaking or anything like that. It was literally simply just okay. Yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts, Leah? I want more of Barnabas Vim. Me too. I think because she was cool, they... and I want more of Vic Sponic. I think she yeah, was cool. I want because... more of them. I, I, like, they teased us with a whole, like, before the High Republic era. Yeah. Uh, this is now the furthest set back in time, like, canonically, canonically thing. Uh, this is 450 years before the Phantom Menace. Like, a ways that's 150 years before phase two because i think that's 250 um, years before or that's 100 years before phase two it's 150 yeah. years then from there to phase one and then 200 years from phase one to yeah yeah phantom menace it's i mean like it seems like such an interesting like 
world to play around in and like Barnabas he's like he seems like such a cool character I just want more of him I'm sad that it was only a single issue I feel like like I got everything I needed to get out of this single issue like story-wise I just want more of Barnabas and I want more of Vix I think they're yeah. both very cool yeah I think their adventures would make for a very good ongoing High Republic advent, you know, very good High Republic adventures ongoing. Call it like, I don't know, adventures what, what do of Barnabas Vim, the Dark Republic, the 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 Low Republic, Republic. the Classical Republic. Like I don't know what we call it, <laughs> the Medieval Republic. Medieval <laughs> <laughs> Um, like I want more of this story, and I, I don't know, yeah. And I think the weird thing about it is that Barnabas Vim was touted, like even within the preview as being like essential and like this really cool, like almost legendary figure from the Jedi's past. And then he was just kind of there for this issue. Right. Uh, like, I, he, and like, you definitely see in this issue, like, okay, yeah, he's a really cool jedi guy and he's like using his dreams to solve mysteries like that's really yeah. cool that's neat i want more yeah and i feel also, like it kind of like yeah. ended on like a like i feel like they could tell us more because like definitely they went their separate ways to go like hide the stones or whatever well the stones obviously get turned into the rods that then they find out can control the level or like what what happens then so i i almost wonder like, it would be interesting if maybe in phase three, it's the same deal. Somebody goes into the Jedi archives and, like, looks into Barnabas, uh, like Aslan did. But it's, like, somebody from phase three. And that way that. we get another comic or something re- like that that's going to be another. <gasps> yeah. I so true. That. He loves um, the good archive look. Is Aslan Rel the Reef Silas of phase two? Yes. <laughs> yes. That means? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But if Reef little was guy like, traumatized library tra- boy, but that like is a Reef. little bit more unhinged, yeah, yeah, like his trauma made him a little bit more unhinged, like cemented yeah. Reef and like mental stability more. I feel, but yeah, <laughs> but I guess we'll see what phase three holds for Reef. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that'll, <laughs> yeah, all right. Any final thoughts on Quest the Jedi? <laughs> I liked it. I wish it wasn't so delayed. I wish we got more. Mm-hmm. The updates, I think Emily said, or what was your literacy update for this week? Uh, I finished that new Emily Henry book, Happy Place. I loved it. I cried. We didn't it's record nice. last week, so I just finished the whole thing, or like I was like 100 pages in, and I cried. It was really good. It might be my new favorite Emily Henry book. I don't know. Um, and the rest of the week, I just uh, read Path of Vengeance. I read like half of it yesterday because I needed to finish it for this episode. <laughs> it was very good, though. It gets to a certain point where you just like can't put the book down. Yeah, like, I, I was like three hundred fifty pages in, and I was like, no, I need to see this through. Yeah, I was. I it got really good, and I had to like stop when Barda pulled out the saber and was going to give her speech to go see Guardians of the Galaxy three. And I felt like that was a pretty good stopping place because then I could yeah. just finish it all that night. Mm-hmm. All right, 
Liv, do you have any literacy updates? I can't remember. I'm um, plugging my way through High Republic Adventures Volume 1. I haven't, still haven't finished it, but I read a couple episodes. Or, oh my god. <laughs> and I would die for court. So That's true. my takeaway from the entire thing. Have you met Geo yet? I can't remember. Yeah, because I have the, the panel of court hugging Geo. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. That's <laughs> what triggered my brain to go, I would die for court. Yep. <laughs> so my literacy update is not as exciting. I, I basically wrecked my literacy last week trying to, or I finished Path of Deceit, which is why I wasn't reading as much. Just because, again, I wanted to preserve my literacy and it paid off because I finished that shit in three days, um, three sittings. I like one shot at it or three shot at it technically, which is wild for someone of my reading caliber. But besides that, I have, I think yesterday or the other day, I reread Target Vader as an effort to re-up my literacy, which kind of worked. Um, I forgot. Every single time I reread Target Vader, I forget how good it is, like how good of a story it is. Like Valance aside, it's a it's just a very, very good miniseries. And as for like new stuff, I started Star Wars Empire back in February, but got bored because the very first arc is another, oh no, Vader's advisors are, pl- are plotting to betray him, whatever will happen. But I chugged through that first arc. It was the first four issues. And then it got into a really nice Leia arc for two issues. For, yeah. No, the betrayal arc was four issues. The Leia arc was two issues. And now the next issue that I'm reading right now is about Boba. So I've enjoyed that. And then I recently also started watching the Justice League's like animated series from 2003. So I've been looking for DC stuff to read. And I think I'm going to start reading some Superman stuff just because he is very baby girl. Um, As for books, I started reading the Mandalorian Armor War or the Bounty Hunter Wars with the first book called the Mandalorian Armor. It has not been going well. I'm liking what I'm reading, but it's not catching my attention like Path of Vengeance did. So I'd say literacy is going pretty okay. I did basically one shot it when I read Path of Vengeance, but it was worth it, as we have said. So our lovely guests, what are you guys reading? Um, I have been uh, distressingly literate this year. Um, I recently finished the first of the F1 romance novels that um, has talked about many times on here. Um, all I have to say is I was not prepared for it, and I really wish that my library had the rest of them rather than I, just the first one. I, I might have this, but I swear to God, I might just, like, give them to you as a present because I want you to read them so fast. <laughs> I, I didn't expect to cry at it, um, and that's all I have to say about the first book. Damn. Um, I, it was so unexpected. It was the most unexpected book. Um, uh, after that I reread Rising Storm and Out of the Shadows uh, for Path of Vengeance Damn. <laughs> um, and then I have just started um, Infomocracy by uh, Malka Older um, I really like uh, her book uh, The Mimicking of Known Successes uh, her most recent book 
and I decided I wanted to go back and read some of her previous books, kind of a political thriller about uh, the role of information in government, in democracy in particular, um, the role of information and capital in democracy. It's one of those oh, books where it's like, wow, I'm really enjoying this. I can only read it in small chunks because it will make my brain explode if I so can, Dune. if I try to read it straight through. <laughs> Actually, Dune is a very apt comparison in terms of like density of like character yeah. names and like Terms government and... stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm loving it though, you know? <laughs> I it's it's very different from the three books before that but I'm loving it all right Mac literacy updates yeah so if you follow me on Twitter you know every two weeks I spin a wheel and have it pick a Star Wars book for me that I have not read yet um so last week I finished the solo novelization um, and it was really good. I liked it a lot. The like ending was such a surprise. I was so excited to see Jin Erso there. Um, it was so good. <laughs> uh, and then I'll underestimate you. Make them regret it. Yes, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I've been reading Bloodline and enjoying that. I'm about halfway through Bloodline, I think. Um, and it's it's been pretty good. Uh, it's nice getting to see Leia like a little bit older um so it's cool yeah very slay yeah okay that concludes this kind of episode of castle run relay we will link our guests leah and max instagrams twitters if you want instagram uh instagrams <laughs> twitters tiktoks in our description and mac and does glove yeah mac oh, does yeah. accounts mac I does do have, have a yeah, Mac does have a very slay Etsy called Glepsticho <laughs> with Chiss-related stuff, with High Republic-related stuff. So if you're a fan of either of those two things, definitely go check her out. Um, we will also post our links to our socials in the description. Our email will also be posted. We we love our listener questions. Don't forget it. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and may the Force be with you.